I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. Hey, Sunday night, around about 9 o'clock, between 9, 9.30 or somehow, uh, there was an emergency alert that went out to all of our cell phones. We all probably, right about the same time, looked down and saw that there was another, a second emergency alert to be sent out regarding the coronavirus, COVID-19. This time, though, it contained a link, which sent us then to a video uh, about eight minutes long where the governor, seated at a desk in his office, revealed that there were a number of new restrictions going in place statewide. First and foremost, a mask mandate. We are now a mask mandate state. We'll see how long that lasts, and we'll cross our fingers that the results of which are uh, good. We also learned that there would be a, a circuit break of sorts that for two weeks that we were asked uh, to to restrain or maintain our social gatherings to only those uh, within our own household and that social events should not be uh, engaged in with those outside of our home. All right, so we'll get that done. There were some other details in there you you may have missed. One has to do with testing of university students. Here, uh, just a quick clip from what the governor had to say Sunday night regarding the testing of college students across the state. We will test more people who have symptoms, and we will also launch a targeted testing program for those who don't have symptoms. This will begin with weekly testing for our university students So we'll get to in a moment some details from Utah Valley University. First, though, let me share some of the details that have been revealed from uh, other universities around the state. University of Utah uh, officials announced that all students will need to get tested for COVID-19 before fall and winter breaks. That in addition to what the governor is calling for here. And uh, now BYU is a little bit different. A a private university, things are a little bit different there. But they uh, have been forthcoming and uh, proactive in sharing, according to a spokesperson, that Brigham Young University plans to comply with the executive order, uh, which includes weekly testing for students who attend at least one in-person class and those who live in on-campus housing. Uh, and, and then lastly, before we speak with a representative from UVU, Utah State University is working with the state to acquire rapid tests for this purpose and to be tested. Students will self-swab with a short nasal swab under the supervision of USU staff. Uh, I spoke to Boyd Matheson not too long ago. Hopefully he doesn't mind me revealing this, uh, but he had to self-administer a test uh, himself. He put the nasal swab <laughs> right up your own nose. How about that? I don't know if I can do it. Uh, anyway, listen, if I, if I had to, I would, of course. All right, now uh, on to Utah Valley University. Uh, Robin Edmeyer joins us, Director of Emergency Management and Safety at Utah Valley University. Robin, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm all right. I imagine that your job this week is much more stressful than mine. You uh, Remind me, UVU is still the largest university in the state? So, yes, we have the largest enrollment in the state, yes. Okay. And you have uh, quite a task managing the safety of that uh, university. What has, I'll ask you very broadly, what, what has the announcement from the governor meant in terms of, uh, in terms of your behavior in your office? Yeah, so we had already started, um, we already have the test kits that they're, they've been talking about, and we had started about two weeks ago with testing, so I was actually really grateful that we'd had 
a little bit of leeway in figuring out how to ramp up testing. So when I heard that announcement, it was, well, we've already got some bugs worked out. We just now need to ramp up to the appropriate number. Will you be able to, will you be able to do that, you think, pretty seamlessly? Uh, that is an excellent question. I, I don't know if it'll be seamlessly, but we are really, really trying hard to uh, get to all the students and, and get this testing uh, completed uh, before, like the University of Utah, um, get it completed before they go to their Thanksgiving break and Christmas break. And then we're hoping it'll be much more regular once they begin the semester in January. But right now we're just pushing really, really hard to get everyone tested, uh, make sure we've got enough equipment and people to, to do this. Uh, c- compliance among students, has, has that raised any issues or are folks pretty willing to participate? You know, by and large, people want to be compliant. They understand that testing means we now have a better idea of disease prevalence on campus, which means we can quickly isolate them and keep them, you know, away from others and spreading the disease. So I think when they understand that, and it's really for the good of the whole, it really does keep the university open. They're very compliant, and um, we're really proud of our students for being compliant with masks, spacing, um, and now this is a big ask. Um, and, and so far we've had lines for people to be tested. Uh, so, so far we've, we've seen good results. Outstanding. Uh, how about money? Who's going to be paying for these tests, would you say? So the tests come from the federal government, are distributed by the state health department to us. So the tests are free. Uh, there is no cost to the students or staff or faculty to be tested. Uh, where the cost comes will be to UVU because we now have to supply uh, manpower, people, um, testers. Uh, we have to buy other things. PPE uh, becomes involved, so there will be some cost to the university. Are, are you recruiting for that type of help? Oh, yes. Yeah, we've actually, um, like I said, we've been testing for a couple of weeks, and we have hired some people just to do the swabbing. We have uh, uh, what seems like is going to be a small army of people uh, to help with just the process of checking people in, swabbing people, and then making sure that they get their results. So, yeah, we're busy recruiting all kinds of help. Outstanding. Uh, last question I'll ask, uh, is there a, a threshold that you are watching uh, for a possible return to fully online schooling? Is, is that a, a metric that you can share? Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a good question, and it's hard to answer. We do have many, many triggers that we look at. Um, that we keep an eye on uh, disease prevalence at the classroom level, in buildings, among majors, um, even in certain areas across campus where the students aren't necessarily. So we're always watching that. Um, Testing has now become another tool in our toolkit to kind of manage whether we have to close down a whole class or close down a department or area to quarantine or isolation. So it just gives us more information and helps us. I wish I had a, a better, more clear answer. It's complicated, but that's what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, well, very good. Uh, our, our time has expired. I have plenty more questions, but I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> have time to, to ask them. Robin Edmeyer, Director of Emergency Management and Safety at Utah Valley University. Best of luck with this uh, big task before you. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Bye. All righty. We're going to take a quick break now. When we return, we're going to stay on the subject of education, but this time moving down to Salt Lake City School District. My guest will be Larry Madden, interim superintendent. He has proposed a plan to return Salt Lake City District students to school. What does the board say? We'll find out next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. 
Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.